Hello everyone, my name is EA Green, the CEO of Open Media, the agency, and we're here for another episode of Flatten the Curve, Strengthen the Black Dollar. And here today, I have the CEO of McCants LLC, Mr. Gary McCants. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I want to thank you for taking the time out to you know come here today to really kind of join in the conversation about essentially how do we move through COVID-19 on the other side of this pandemic sure. as you know a community and be able to kind of put our best foot forward so that we don't feel the devastation of how this kind of panned out on the African-American community. Okay. Right. You know, kind of looking at it from the perspective of the triad, but also like anyone, you know, there is COVID-19 has not, it's not, uh, I guess, particular about who it affects, right. It's affecting, right. affecting everyone. So we definitely feel like there's a, a definite need for this type of conversation. Absolutely. All right. But uh, before we kind of get really into it, right. I want to really kind of talk about more about your background, right. So something, you know, before bringing you here, you know, realize that with you, with McCants LLC, you've been in business for over 30 years. Correct. All right. So can you tell us a little bit more about, like, how we got you here to this moment? Right. Well, my journey started 30 years ago, as you stated. I actually started working for a black-owned newspaper in Norfolk, Virginia, a journal and guide newspaper. And I was selling advertising. And so uh, during that first year, someone out of Richmond, Virginia, came uh, to the office and wanted to talk to me about uh, working for him with the black pages out of Richmond. And I was like, I'm perfectly happy doing what I'm doing here. And so probably about another few months after that, I decided to start working for him. Mm-hmm. And then three years later, I started my own company, started publishing the Black Pages. Got it. So what was that like in terms of the moving from one organization to the other? Like, Because uh, ultimately, I really kind of want to really dial in just a little bit more about the steps that took place. Sure. Going from when you were essentially introduced to the idea of working for a publication. Right. And then you moved on to another to then jumping out on your own. Yeah, I, I was really focused at that time. I, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I love sales. Um, and it was straight commission. So uh, I would work part-time right. uh, out of the year, maybe six, seven months. And then I would get a part-time job uh-huh. and then go back to selling Black Pages advertising. And so I did that for a couple of years, but I liked it. I right. mean, that's what I wanted to do. Right. And... Uh, you know, eventually I wanted to start my own business. Right. So can you walk us through the, I guess, the mindset that you had or what were what, what the different, I guess, things that were happening in your life that made you decide, you know what, now it's time for me to start out on my own? Yeah, I was young, uh, obviously uh, very ambitious. Uh, I was married at that time. And I just knew that I wanted to take control of of my life and be in business. Uh, I had met so many entrepreneurs and professionals with the Journal and Guide when I was working there. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the sort of momentum and the thrust to uh, to go into business for myself. And, and working with the Black Pages really did it because I was uh, on commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I didn't sell anything, I didn't make anything. So. Right. 
I understand. So it was like a thrill of a chase Absolutely. Type, of, type of thing. Absolutely. So uh, for the for the viewers or the listeners that do that may not know, can mm-hmm. you explain a little bit more about what the Black Pages are and what the idea behind it is? Black Pages was ahead of its time. It was a magazine directory where we focused on African-American entrepreneurs and professionals. And so it was a business directory. And at that time, the person I was working for was the largest publisher of the Black Pages. Uh, and then eventually we became, I became the largest publisher of the Black Pages. But it's a great publication, mm-hmm. uh, certainly gave people an opportunity to do business with each other and provided that ecosystem for a lot of black businesses during that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, um, and the reason why I'm kind of digging a little bit deeper sure. here is because it is no small feat to be in business for over right. 30 years, Absolutely. right? So there are statistics out there that show the astronomical numbers of how many businesses may fail right. within the first couple of years of opening up, right? Mm-hmm. So how can you explain a little bit more of like the the ins and outs of like what it took to actually grow that business, right? So you're saying that you you know, essentially probably worked for one of the largest ones. And then once you went on your own, then you became the largest one. So right. let's talk about how that kind of, you know, how that kind of came about. Well, it's interesting because actually I was driving from Portsmouth, Virginia to Columbia, South Carolina to start my first book. So that was a six hour drive wow. and a six hour drive back. Right. And at that time there was four of us. So I would drive to Richmond, pick up my partner. We would drive to South Carolina, and if we had to sleep at the rest stop, we'd do that. But we did that for about two years in order to start the business. So we started in Columbia, then went to Charleston, but that was pretty much what we did uh, for two years. And then uh, we actually, there was four of us, so there were two uh, gentlemen coming out of the Greenville-Spartanburg area. Mm. So we would meet with them to have our meetings. You know, we'd get there at 6 in the morning, meet at 8, and then leave at 12 in the afternoon to get back, to get back. home. So it was... So, and that's a, yeah. and you said that six-hour drive? Six-hour drive, so 12, <laughs> 12 hours. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just thinking, about, you know, like, you know, yeah. I was, I'm thinking about moving closer to the office because, like, the 15-minute yeah. drive, yeah. I feel like it's, yeah. it's just too yeah. much. So, you, you know, you're saying you did that for about two years or so. Uh, so during that time, you know, was it as easy as you make it seem, you know, you make it come off very, very effortless where, you know, you were able to do that for, you know, maintain that for two years. Like, can you talk about some of the ups and downs of like, you know, building, uh, an organization during that time? Oh yeah. I, I was focused, uh, after working for, uh, David, Walton, which is which his name, uh, worked for him for a couple of years. And I sort of saw, looked at the operation and how things were going. And I said, hey, I can do this. Right. And um, a challenge is just travel. I mean, traveling to the marketplace, you know, the elements, the weather. Right. Uh, making sure when you get there that you have your clients that you have called on to meet when you get in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And really just trying to raise the money in order to start the, you know, start the business. So we did that with some personal savings out of our pockets and uh, certainly got some commitments from um, a number of small businesses, black owned businesses in Columbia and then in Charleston, South Carolina as well. Right. So 
so I feel like it doesn't, it's not really talked about enough in terms of right. the amount of uh, equity, like sweat equity or oh, yeah. the capital that you have to put in on your own in order to try to make something work. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a ballpark figure of something that, that you may know of that you, that you may remember? Well, or? I think then we probably invested about $5,000 uh, into the business. And actually, we were not getting paid uh, for two years. During that two-year period, we didn't collect you know, any compensation or salary at all. So that was, you know, that was one of the challenges, not making any, any real money to put back in your pocket. We invested all that money back into the business and whatever was sold, particularly with our sales reps, right. you know, they got paid commission. I understand. Yeah. So can you talk about some of the, the challenges that you may have gone through that mm-hmm. you may see that an entrepreneur who is looking to start or someone who's already been in business that might be going through something with COVID. Uh, Can you, I guess, try to connect the dots here for us in terms of some things in your experience that you've seen or witnessed? Absolutely. COVID is a tough time for a lot of companies, small businesses to sort of maneuver through uh, this process because you, you know, you have to social distance and a lot of things are done virtually. Right. You know, what I tell people is create those relationships uh, those relationships that you had prior to COVID, those relationships are going to be critically important right now because those are going to be your customers or the people that you can connect the dots with if you're trying to sort of pivot your business right. and move in a different direction. And so you're going to have to tweak your business plan and your strategy to make sure that you can connect the dots and maintain a certain level of revenue because, right. you know, the revenue streams are you know, different right now. You're not doing the same type of business you were doing prior to because you're not meeting people face to face if that's, if that's, you know, the biggest part of your business. No, I understand that. So, um, I guess the last bigger, th- the, the last big moment that I can, that I know of off the top of my head is basically 2008, you know, right. like the crash of 2008. So, right. uh, can, it seems like, you know, everyone, was affected one way or another, right? right? If you owned a home, you know, you were directly impacted. Sure. But, or just the economy kind of going down as a, like, yeah, in that its was entirety. Yeah, 2008, right. So can you uh, kind of walk me through some of those, uh, like some of those moments, right? Some of those things that you witnessed or some of those things that, that you've gone through to essentially or any examples that you might have? Yeah. You know, I think about 2008 and, and the real estate, sort of real estate bubble, right. uh, because a lot of people had money invested in houses and so on and so forth. And it changed the marketplace and the economy a lot. But I mean, you could still meet with people. That's different from COVID. Right. You know, you, yeah, you, you, you can't meet face to face. You know, some of the normal tra- transaction in terms of supply chain is a little bit different. Uh, I don't think you were for me, it didn't stop my business because we could still, uh, we can call it virtually back then, we still communicated by telephone as well. Right. And so uh, through computers and we could do business over the phone. Right. Uh, for some folk, if they were in the real estate business or the banking business or the finance business or whatever it was, they saw some slowdown in their, in their revenue. And some change in the marketplace, just like nine eleven. Right, I understand. S- same, same situation. Right, but this is a little bit different uh, in terms of 
how people adjust uh, socially, mm-hmm. economically, and particularly since you've got part of your economy that's shut down. Right. You look at, you know, your retail businesses and your service-oriented business. I understand. So one of those things that I feel like I've gone through, right. right, I'm sure you have done it in the past, is that, you know, when you see the external elements that are out of your control, right. you might have to do what they call a pivot, right? Absolutely. So uh, do you mind sharing anything in terms of uh, a moment where you may have had to pivot your business, right, in terms of either your consultancy or, you know, the black pages that, that right. you're on in terms of, like, what was the, the driving factor about why you had to pivot? And right. then what was that pivot and how did it, what came from that? Well, the major pivot for me is when my partner and I, we, we uh, went through a dissolution. Okay. So we decided to uh, dissolve the relationship that we have uh, with our old company, Thomas McCants Media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he have his own company, I have mine, but we still have an umbrella in place. Okay. But, you know, one thing you got to understand when you're doing dissolutions, that the debt that you will accumulate mm-hmm. when you go through that dissolution. So uh, the costs are still there. Right. And so I began to, we had 12 offices. Um, uh, and so I began to shut down offices and, Virginia and North Carolina, he did the same thing in South Carolina and Georgia and Florida. And that was a total difference because we had people who had been with us for a number of years, good people, and they had to, you know, change their, uh, the way they do business as well, or they were doing business as well during that time because you didn't have the office anymore. Right. Uh, you didn't have your base uh, compensation anymore. And so that was a drastic change for a lot of people. Right. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. So, you know, the the result from that, um, from my understanding, what was the, what remained after, you know, that? that well, for me, it was a peace of mind uh, because I was, um, when we did the dis- dissolution, I, I decided I was going to expand in, in other markets. And so I was going to Baltimore and Atlanta mm-hmm. and traveling back and forth, trying to do what I really wanted to get out of. Uh, in the beginning, which was the travel and, and, and trying to expand in all those markets and look at what else could be done with, with, you know, with this business. And so I had to stop, literally stop and, and not, you know, publish anymore and determine what is it that you really want to do here in terms of this business and how you want to grow it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got into the consulting business, business advisory, business development side of the company. I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so this is, I'm just going to recap for a moment. So sure. you're saying that, you know, you went through a, a moment where, you know, essentially the, the business as you saw it essentially was coming to an end, not necessarily where right. the, the product or the service would go away. It's just that, the way that it was managed, Absolutely. right? So there was essentially you know, a split between you and your partner where you guys created your own media companies. Right. Right. So, and then you're saying that you had to basically make some tough decisions. Absolutely. Right. Uh, because when you have employees or you have people, you know, contractors or someone who works under you, like more than them working for you, like they, like you're essentially almost like working for them, right? Absolutely. Because, 
they rely on you, their families, their families rely on you or the organization. But in order to make sure that anything can move on, you had to make that tough decision. So were there any other, you know, examples, right, in terms of like any tough, other tough decisions that you had to make that you felt like that if you didn't do, it would have been detrimental to the bigger idea? Well, the big thing, customers. I mean, we had customers that were with us for years, you know, 15, 20 years in the business. And certainly you didn't want to, you know, stop what was going on because it was very successful. And also we were doing black expos at that time, too. Right. I didn't, we didn't talk about that. Right. So we had trade shows going on in several cities and the customers loved it. I right. mean, we were again, we were ahead of our time doing doing that period. But those were tough choices, family choices you had to make, personal choices you had to you have to make right. in terms of, you know, what's next. Right. And so I went through a lot of that and sort of just shut down uh, for a moment just to, you know, rethink what it is. What's the next steps? Right. What do you really want to do? So how did your clients or your customers take it about you? You said that you shut down, right? How long do you know? Do you recall how long oh, it was? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it was for years. Oh, no. um, you got to think about it. We were in all the major cities in North Carolina, three major cities in South Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida, Augusta, Georgia, Virginia, Hampton Roads, Roanoke, Virginia, those areas. So we had 12 markets that we were actually publishing in. Right. And five of those markets, we were doing the Black Expo. Got it. So, I mean, that's a you know, that's a, a large customer base that right. you don't want to lose. Right. I understand. So, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to connect dots with sure. what, you know, with COVID now. So, uh, unfortunately, there there may be some organizations, some businesses that have to shut their doors, right? Absolutely. Um, some might, um, you know, might have brick and mortar. Some might just be strictly online. But they have to find a different means. Right. So when it comes to that, right, you said that you were, you were shut down for a while. And when you decided to say, hey, now it's time for us to move forward and to pick things back up. Uh, what does like let's talk about like the what it takes to kind of say, hey, you know what? Now it might be a moment to then kind of capture it. Right. Because right. for the most part. If someone shut down their business, it wasn't that their business was technically failing before. Sure. It was just something that was completely out of your control right. took that away from you. Absolutely. So, you know, let's talk about like, how do you like, when did you know or how did, when did you know that it was now time to move forward and, and do it again? Um, I think once you take a break from it all and you, you, you begin to think about, honestly, have the time to think about what it is that you want to do and you begin to visualize what the next steps are. You begin to write those things down and you look at the kind of relationships you've had in the past that you can uh, sort of restart or rekindle and begin to move forward. So I decided that uh, one of the things that we were very, very good good at was we created, creating relationships and connecting the dots. All right. And so I can reconnect with some of those dots, uh, begin to talk to some of the customers that we were selling advertising and marketing to, and they needed other things to grow their business. Similar to COVID. I right. mean, uh, companies now are looking for uh, how to team up with someone to uh, pivot in their business, maybe joint venture, or maybe even sell their business or acquire some other companies. Right. 
So there are a lot of options out there you can think about as you move through this period. And then technology gives you some flexibility as well. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. So, so I know when, so we've kind of talked about how with black pages, you know, you have multiple markets. Right. And then some of those markets were creating expos. So that's, you know, physical, actual, like meetups and things face of that face, nature. Absolutely. Right. But then you talked about how you kind of created more of the consultancy piece, right? Because mm-hmm. you've, you know, I would assume that by 2008, that's almost 20 plus years at that moment. So right. I'm sure that black book is is thick, right? You have tons of names <laughs> right, in right, there. Right, right. You have tons of numbers right. in there. So what, I know that like, you know, when, when building a consultancy or building like an agency of sorts, that's something that, you know, it's really relying on who knows you, right? Absolutely. Rather than who you know. So let's talk about in terms of like the things that you've been able to accomplish when, you know, making that pivot, right? And going into a space that was not necessarily something that you were already set out to do. Right. Well, the easy thing was to talk to people because we have talked to thousands of small businesses over the years and it was just a perfect opportunity. And, you know, companies were coming in from outside of North Carolina who needed help in the marketplace to create relationships and, you know, maybe win contracts with someone. So that was easy for me. I I knew how to do that. I I was used to traveling in uh, different cities and meeting people. And so somebody coming into the marketplace in North Carolina who said, look, I need help in. Uh, you know, growing my business in this market. I need to meet certain people, whether it's elected officials or uh, private sector companies. I mean, that was easy to connect the dots. Okay. So I'm going to stay in this same space, right, but kind of switch lanes here. So, you know, given that with your experience, right, Right. you've clearly proven a track record. You clearly, like, built credibility with the different organizations that you've worked with in terms of the businesses and clients uh, or so the people that you've helped connect with. Right. All right. So have you ever seen any type of, I guess, pushback, right? Or anything where maybe essentially the color of your skin has like essentially kind of not to say proven like obstacles, but like, you know, like I said, like the way that you push you're pushing it is like, it seems easy breezy, right? Like you've, like you've, like, like it has, you haven't had any obstacles, but I know no. they're there, right? So can you talk about like, how do you kind of overcome that in the sense of like how you maneuver? You, you got to have tough skin. I mean, certainly over a 25, 30 year period, you're going to face all kind of obstacles and barriers. And I mean, there are a ton of them right now um, right. in terms of investment in black communities and investments in business. I mean, we are, we're going to face those all the time. But the question is, do you stop or do you begin to identify what the real issues are so you can get around those things right. and begin to you know, get back on track and have the kind of impact that you want for your business? Right. And so, I mean, I can think about a thousand things right now in terms of what uh, black companies are dealing with in terms of uh, lack of investment, you know, lack of contract opportunities with municipalities, lack of partnerships with, you know, major companies. I mean, there are a number of things right. that we can talk about, but we've got to 
find, you know, that space. And we've got to, you know, sort of create the opportunity to move forward. And so we can't get stuck in the mud because one door is closed. We've got to find a way around it, go through it, whatever we have to do to make it work. And that's that's just part of the struggle for for, for African-Americans. All right. So, you know, with that being said, I want to do is just want to take a, a brief moment so we could take a break and we can hear a little bit more about what Pima Business Capital does here in the triad in order to flatten the curve. All right, I'm Brian Hendricks. Uh, we're at 1250 Revolutionary Drive, Greensboro, North Carolina. And this is the spot. We sell coffee. We sell all natural fruit drinks, espressos. We have uh, milkshakes. We have um, smoothies. We sell pastries. We're trying to provide a, 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 a friendly atmosphere um, where when you come down here, you feel the energy that we have at the cafe. Um, shop. So we're we're fun. We're excited. Uh, we're personable. We remember what you like when you come here. Um, we absolutely uh, want to make your experience a great experience. So when you come down to Cafe at Revolution, you will come back. When COVID hit, it really had a great impact on us because at that moment, the building was closed to any outside customers. A month and a half into the business of why we were shut down, we realized that we needed capital to come back in here uh, to be able to provide a service, a quality service. We've always known how to survive. And, 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 and we couldn't let just this moment keep us from dying. So we had to find a way to win. We had to find a way to survive. And so I think that drive from us, how we were raised. We came back at the end of May, the 1st of June. Um, whenever we came back in, um, we realized the importance of the capital that we needed. Um, and so we reached out uh, and was able to access it. And so we realized that uh, we, had, we tried other funding sources that were put out there for us to apply for. And some of the other funding sources had run out of money. And so uh, this came across uh, our email able for us to apply for the, for the loan. Appreciative for it. Uh, it really added impactful to us. So it played a viable part in our business operation um, that we needed daily to help us uh, to provide more of the products that we make, um, such as our natural teas and lemonades. So we're at storage for that. Um, and that we were able to expand on that. And so that was it, it, that was helpful in that manner. Once, once this situation, we didn't fold. We found a way to win. We found a way we might have to crawl a little, a little longer with two legs and one arm tied behind our back. <laughs> <laughs> but now we stand it up. <laughs> we met, you, you get what I'm saying? So As a small business, um, family-owned business, we, um, we, the impact of what COVID did to us was uh, the loan was allowed us to be able to do some things that we that was much needed. Um, it allowed us to be able to uh, purchase some things that was much needed, and it gave us a greater opportunity to be able to get. Um, what we needed at the time because of the pandemic. We, we were able to come back stronger. Um, we've, we've been more effective in our approach of how we deal with our, our customer base. Um, it has given us a better perspective of how we deal with our finances. Um, and we're just, um, a, we just are greater for it because of, of what we were able to do with the loan that we received. Cafe Revolution and Wild Wood Drew like to thank PBC 
for the contribution that we have received. It's helped us so much to buy new equipment, marketing, and so we thank you for the gift that you've given us. So now we're back. That was just a few words about how Piedmont Business Capital helps out different businesses within the community in the triad and the rest of North Carolina. So today our guest is here is Mr. Gary McCants of McCants LLC. All right, and today we're talking about how his journey through entrepreneurship and what he had to do to build up credibility in order to get 30 years of experience. So there's an unspoken truth to about how you got to you know, 30 years of experience. There are different obstacles that many others don't see uh, simply because you're a black man in business. So what are some things that you had to face? And can you tell us about how you had to overcome that and how the community can do the same and move forward? I think a couple of things that, that you know, a lot of business owners um, uh, have to realize is the relationships that you can create along the path of your business. And I was able to get involved with a number of organizations, whether it was the Chamber of Commerce or the Black Chamber of Commerce or the NAACP. And so part of my goal was to create those relationships outside of, you know, sort of the bubble of my business. And and once people begin to recognize uh, the work that you're doing uh, through your business and how important that is, it's easy to find other ways to create the kind of success in your business that you need to have. And so it's not easy, but I think uh, if you're in it long enough and you meet the right people, uh, you tweak your business plan or your strategy enough, you got vision, obviously, uh, I think you'll be successful. So you mentioned a couple of different organizations, but one of the things that I wanted to call out is just the idea about knowledge transfer. So basically what knowledge transfer is, it's just the idea that you, you, know, you have this experience, this 30 years of experience that more than what most others might be able to accumulate. And it's important to be able to move that knowledge so that other people don't have to you know, make up the steps that you've already covered. So how important do you feel that knowledge transfer is and being able to give back to your community? Very important. Um, mentorship is very important. Uh, you know, I have conversations with people all the time actually i've got folk calling me now who want me to mentor their you know their kids or their sons or their daughters about you know going into business or they may be in business and just need some guidance on you know what to do uh, when they hit uh, certain peaks in the company which is good and i like doing that i like mentoring mentorship i like uh i had a number of interns uh, throughout my business, um, you know, from Hampton University, from A&T, North Carolina A&T State University, Bennett College, Johnson C. Smith, so a number of interns on Norfolk State University. So I dealt with a lot of students and a lot of young people, and, and really that gave me the sort of energy and to, to, to move forward and, and really listen to what people are saying, because even though they're, uh, you know, they're talking to you and you're mentoring them, they're giving you valuable information as well that you can learn from. And so that helps me continue to move through the process and, and, and actually work with some other young folk. All right. So I think that's very important to call out. I believe that when it comes to business or when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be coachable. Like you have to be able to take a look at your environment, be able to see people who have been in your space and be able to take prior feedback. So when it came to when the expos became a thing, 
how were you able to change and what are some of the things that you picked up along the way? A couple of different things. One is that in the community, I'll say black community, we need a solid infrastructure. Uh, we need an infrastructure that people can build from and learn from, like you talked about the knowledge transfer. I mean, people, when I was uh, going through my business, I had mentors who shared with me their experience and I watched what they were doing. And so I think the same thing in this situation that you have young people who have very good tech technology skills or technical skills, uh, very educated, but the relationship building is the part that we've got to continue to expand upon. And I think that helps uh, a young person who's in business begin to look at ways that they can expand their business and grow and connect with the right folk. Because, I mean, it takes capital. We all know it takes capital to, to run your business. You've got to make sure that you've got revenue. Your revenue stream is generating the kind of income you need. But I tell you, when you're working with you know young folk who are hungry, uh, they're very enlightened, they have the technology skills that I really don't have, it's always great to watch how they operate uh, in their business. And you can learn from that. So what would you say to a potential client that is in the same position that you're in? You know, they're very well established. They've you know been in the game for a long time and they had a lot of things that worked for them, but they're starting to hit a plateau. So if they're coming to you for advice and they're really not necessarily open to new things, how would you approach that type of relationship? I think it's very difficult now not to be uh, open to new things, particularly with COVID. You have to be. You got to adjust. You got to pivot. You got to modify your plan. And I would say to those folk, find someone who wants to do that and team up with them. You know, create some kind of teaming relationship or some kind of joint venture relationship with them because we've got to grow outside of this sort of this uh, space where, you know, we just sort of stay at this level. You know, I think there are a lot of great ideas out there. A lot of good companies out there can grow to the to the next level. And we just need to really begin to focus on that and how we grow and develop our marketplace and develop businesses that have the potential. Uh, if it's just a, a small investment or it's just a transfer of knowledge, that can help them move from one level to the next. And I think we've got that. Uh, we just hasn't, we just have not explored it enough to make sure some of these small companies grow to the next size. So I know when it comes to developing resources or knowledge transfer to help other businesses, I know that you're involved with doing other types of work, such as the Greensboro Business League. Can you tell us a little bit more about that work and how did you get involved? Well, we started the Greensboro Business League actually uh, through the NAACP. Uh, I'm the economic development chair for the NAACP uh, in North Carolina and the local Greensboro branch. But there were significant issues with disparities uh, with the city of Greensboro and municipalities spending or letting contracts with African-Americans. And so the number was just dismal, was unacceptable. And we needed to do something. So we um, had a community meeting of, uh, you know, pastors and business leaders and elected officials. And we said, you know, we really need to address this issue of almost economic exclusion 
as it relates to African-American. We're paying taxes into a system and we're getting little or no return. Just didn't make any sense. And so the Greensboro Business League grew out of that. Earl Jones and I, he's a co-founder of the Civil Rights Museum, International Civil Rights Museum in Greensboro. So we co-chair the organization and, and we've been going strong for the last two, three years right now. I'm really blown away. Like, I feel like that's really a huge accomplishment to be able to show, like, how are you able to kind of do all these different things? Like, you're able to run your own business. You're already wearing 12 hats and you essentially find a time to still be able to give back and volunteer your time. And honestly, I really believe that's an asset. Uh, absolutely. I would say don't give up. Uh, don't lose hope. Um, one of the good things is we've got great organizations, uh, particularly in this area like Piedmont Business Capital. If you're looking for funding for your business, uh, they can sit down and chat with you about what's going on. Uh, obviously, Wilson Lester's a, you know, he's a, he's a great executive director over there. But I tell people, if you've got whatever challenge you have, whether it's financial or personal, there's always somebody you can reach out to. So just don't give up at all and, you know, pray. I mean, that's that's always good. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to get back on that horse and you're going to have to really determine what it is that you need to do for your business and for yourself and your family. Gary, I really want to thank you for your time. I really enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate all the knowledge that you shared with us today. So thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. So, folks, that was our conversation here today with Mr. Gary McCants of McCants LLC and Black Pages. So if you want to learn more about what Mr. McCants is doing with McCants LLC and the Black Pages, you can click the links in the show notes or in the description to find out more. So that was another episode of Flatten the Curve, Strengthen the Black Dollar. So make sure you tune in next time so we can continue to show how we can continue to move forward and flatten the curve here in the triad and the rest of North Carolina. See you on the other side.